0: everyone. Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We are live at the Foundry 42 on St. Patrick's Day. Good morning, everyone. We have some friends in the program here uh, at the coffee shop, and this is our first time doing a live show. It is uh, it is definitely a different dynamic having people in the uh, the shop here with us versus in the, in the studio. So uh, but very excited. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our listeners on air, as well as uh, our friends uh, here at Foundry 42. We are doing a book signing here. We're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. We're celebrating uh, the principal Surviving and Thriving, my book that we did release earlier in the year. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and uh, very happy to have this uh, program live today. I would like to thank Bud Williamson and his team at Never Sync Media Group for putting this event on, and uh, uh, it's just pretty cool. It's a cool vibe down here at the Foundry 42 uh, here in downtown Port Jervis, so excited to be here, and good morning to everyone to you. We have an all-star group of guests that are going to be coming on over the next two hours, uh, friends from Port Jervis, people from the region, and... Uh, Just a really cool vibe down here. So come on down. If you're uh, local, come on down to the Foundry 42, get some coffee, get some baked goods, and uh, let's get going. So we are going to talk about some different concepts uh, from the book throughout the show and and some different things. And I thought I would start with the story of, of how the book came about. After having this book out for almost a year now, a lot of people say, well, I should write a book. And, and we all have stories to tell and experiences uh, that motivate us and, and passions. That's one of the things I'm gonna talk about with our, our guests today, uh, about their passions. But uh, I visited a class uh, last year, Dr. Rob Gilbert's sports psychology class at Montclair State University, and he was incredible. Uh, he let me speak, I spoke to the grad students, and uh, it was it was a cool vibe there. and. When I left, he gave me 10 books, three of them, which were his. And he says to me, well, where's your book? And I said, Doc, I can't write a book. I got three little kids. I'm a high school principal. I ref college hoops. I, I, I'm too busy. I can't do it. He said, Andrew, you absolutely can do it. You uh, are an expert in your field. You're a, you're a principal. You're a leader. You, you should have a book. He said, start with this. Write down everything you know and everything you do in your job as principal. He said, start there and see what you come up with. So I still said, Doc, I I can't do it. But I was motivated because I left his class with 10 books. And that was, uh, you know, made an an impression on me. I got home. On the way home, I started thinking, hmm, you know, there is a lot of things I do as principal. Let me start jotting them down. And I got home and I... Uh, that night, I had 60 things that I wrote off the top of my head. I just, they kept coming over and over and over. I said, hmm. The next day, I kept my handy dandy notepad with me at school, and I was walking through the halls, and uh, boom, at the end of the day, I had 90 things. Uh, in a day and a half, that I wrote down just about being a principal and, and the things I've learned over my 13 years uh, in Port Jervis as an administrator, and I said, you know what? He's got something here, and I, I I kept going with it. So that was the birth of the book. That was the story how we got started, and uh, from there it just it just took off. Uh, I enjoyed the writing and the process of of getting the book. Uh, I self published it and and. It was just an interesting ride. So we're here today to, to kind of kick the, the book off locally here in Port Jervis and to uh, do some book signings and, um, you know, to share with family and friends and, and, and local people here in the community. So very uh, excited about it. And, uh, you know, we all have a story to tell. So if that is something that is in your wheelhouse, I have spoken to a lot of friends and said, you know what, I am going to do it. My advice to you is to just get started with it and and get moving with it and and, and just start writing there's no um, procedures or there's no rules you have to follow the only thing that you have to do is starting to put pen to paper and your ideas uh, and thought another thing you can do is keep your notepad with you and keep your uh the thoughts that come into your head and write them down write them down keep them organized and uh you will get started with that so We are, again, here at Foundry 42, uh, locally here in Port Jervis, but we're also live on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio around the Hudson Valley and the Pocono area, so excited to have our live listening audience. I know there is a lot of um, fans of the program that have uh, written in and talked to me, so come on down today. Uh, Let's meet and uh, get yourself a copy of the book. We are making a donation to the Port Jervis Scholarship Fund. Our friend Jean Marie Shields is here, uh, and part of the proceeds from the book are gonna go to the Port Jervis Scholarship Fund, and that's happening today. So, we are gonna have some guests here. Our first guest coming up in the next segment is gonna be George Roman. George is a a retired school teacher from uh, Port Jervis, and he's also one of the legendary Coaches in our area. Uh, the actual field is named after George as well as Hugh Spangenberg in Port Jervis. So we're going to meet George. We're also going to play some tunes throughout uh, the show. It is going to be a two-hour show, so we're going to play some of my favorite tunes. And the first song is going to be "Record Year" by Eric Church. And uh, in in prepping for the show, this has been a record year uh, for me and my team writing this book and. and Getting it from the computer screen to uh, print, sitting here in front of me, has been a journey. And to get to the end of that journey and to to get it off the ground has been a great experience. So uh, this song means a lot to me and my family. and uh, So we'll share that song. We're going to cue that up. And uh, we will be back with George Roman after our song and a commercial break. This is education, leadership, and beyond—surviving and thriving—live at Foundry 42. We'll be right back, everyone. Since you turn
1: the tables on me, I've been steady, learning, lonely, keeping this turntable spinning. Everything from Jones to Jennings, slowly planning my survival. Three-foot stack of vinyl Since you had to walk out of here I've been having a record year I bet you thought before you left i just sit in silence by myself Turn this house into a jail I'm Dying slow and a living hell But love's got a funny way of keeping score And you'll even lit up my scoreboard I usually make it through Saturday so I'll bets her off when I flip her over one bourbon, I want scotch, one beer I'm having a record year. Thank For my record, you
2: Here's another announcement from the wall board. If you are having an addiction problem and need help, call the Narcotics Anonymous hotline 24 7 at 1 800 498 5224. That's 1 800 498 5224.
0: 42 on St. Patrick's Day. We are uh, selling some books, we're having some coffee, and we have a great group of people here with us live in the shop here uh, in downtown Port Jervis. And I would like to welcome in today's first guest here. He's got practice later, so he did request to go first. Uh, Coach George Roman. Uh, Coach, good morning. Morning, Andrew. Good to see you. Nice to be here. Normally we're talking in your living room, we have pizza, we usually have a ball game on. That's correct. Uh, either coming or going to a Port Jervis football game. Not having a beverage. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're having coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah. So it's great to see you, George. And, uh, you know, in, in, in preparing for the show, I wanted to have some local guests that have meant a lot to this community. You're a retired teacher from Port Jervis, and you've coached for many years. Uh, and you've been retired for several years, but you're still coaching. Where do you get that fire from, Coach?
3: I still enjoy being with the kids. I still love teaching the game, both basketball and softball. Uh, I work with a great group of coaches in both sports, which is nice. And uh, the kids kind of keep me young, and it gives me something to do being in retirement. You don't want to sit around all day. But you have a great passion
0: that attracts people to be around you, and uh, you know I've seen you on the field. I never got a chance to see you teach. I, I never got that opportunity.
3: Well, I I loved it. I loved teaching. I really did. I enjoyed it. I was kind of an entertainer, I think. I tried to be. I was a clown when I was in student, so I guess it carried over to the classroom.
0: And you passed that uh, uh, showmanship and that uh, entertaining t- on to uh, your son, I believe. Oh, definitely. He
3: is. He loves to entertain too. Club 110. Club 110. Yeah. And you had a chance to teach next to him for several years. We did. We taught together for a few years, which was quite a good experience for both of us.
0: Yeah. And yeah to I really see, enjoyed it. To see you uh, on the bench with him, to see your yeah. wife.
3: She's here today, but to see your wife in the stands, yeah. that's a great... We coached together for a few years. Actually, we're still involved, but I do JV. He does varsity, so...
0: Okay. Yeah. George, what do you miss uh, most about teaching? Again, you spent how many years teaching in the classrooms in Port Jervis?
3: Uh, Forty. Wow. 40 years. I miss I miss the interaction with the kids. Uh, something new every day. Something always happens that you uh, don't expect to happen. Um, but uh, that's probably the big thing I miss. I miss the social studies department. The guys I worked with, were we had a great group when we were there. Uh, all through the time I was there, the old group and the, the young group when I left, we were all great.
0: A really strong group of teachers.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed them. We, we're good friends still. That's great, George. George, in retirement
0: now, you're able to do some different things, coaching. What are you enjoying most about being retired?
3: I get to play more golf and I get to see my grandkids. And okay. That's, that's the two big things that I really enjoy the most. You got twins down in twins. Atlantic City? Four year old twins, yes. Okay. And what,
0: will they be up for the holiday? Are you going down there? They're up
3: for Christmas. Joan and I were just down last weekend. We babysat one night, and uh, we stayed over a couple of days. And they're great. It's better. They're, they're the best thing ever. They're even better than your own kids. <laughs> and, George, are you putting a bat in their hand or a basketball? Oh, they're playing. Uh, they're both in uh, – the girl is now in the gymnastics. They both play soccer. He's taking a ninja class. They're just busy, they're always busy. they be athletes, I'm sure, their mother and father both were. Fantastic.
0: George, again, one of the reasons I wanted you to be here because you're, you're so connected in, in such a fabric of the, certainly the Port Jervis teaching community, but also this community here. And you're respected by so many. I, I, I haven't met someone that has had an ill word about George Roman. <laughs> how how have you built that, George? What is it about
3: that, how, that you've earned the respect of all of these people? I, uh, I guess it's it's just the fact that I, uh, I, I of course I, I really enjoyed being around people uh, I think it's probably because I, I was committed to my job and to the school and I really enjoyed it I loved my I love teaching I couldn't envision doing anything else so I guess it has to do more with that than anything else the, the kids just the parents I guess knew that I cared about the kids and more than just uh, as just students but as kids so yeah I think that had a lot to do with it and when that, that sincerity, that authenticity is there, it's, it's easy to see. And that's attractive to people. People want to be around you. Well, you certainly can't fool kids. I can guarantee you that. They know right up front what you, what you know about them and whether you believe in them or not. So, George, it's been
0: uh, several years uh, that you've been out of the classroom. But one of the things I'm hearing from my staff and that there is a lowering of respect from young people towards adults, you know. You, you always had the respect of the kids. What do you think
3: that is all about? I think a lot of it has to do with the, 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 the world today. I don't think it is much with the teachers. It is just everything. I think the way the, the world is run, social media... Um, I think parents have, you know, given up some of their responsibilities and have backed that off. Uh, uh, I think it has to do with all, of the whole world. I don't think it's just the, the teachers or anything that has to do with it. I don't think they respect authority at all anymore. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say at all, but a lot of it, they don't expect authority.
0: We are seeing, you know, blips of that, and it's in the national news and things like that. But, again, you are, are somebody that has held the respect of so many. So that's one of the reasons I had you here. George? Let's shift about to sports a little bit. Do you think, again, coaching all of these kids, that the kids that play sports have a little something extra than those that don't?
3: I would say the kids that have that play sports, I wouldn't just say sports. I was thinking about this last night. Kids who are in the play, kids who are in the band, kids who are in the chorus, I think they bring, obviously, a level of commitment that other kids that are not involved in groups have to have. I think that's a big factor. I think kids in sports uh, have to learn to work together as a group, psychology 101, how to function in an organization. And I think uh, they learn to succeed and learn to fail. And you have to learn both because that's what's going to happen in life. You're going to have failures, and you're going to have to learn to deal with them. So I think those groups, it's not just sports, although sports is a big part of my life. But I think those other organizations too, or those other activities, are important. One of the uh,
0: best stories. You're, you're a fantastic storyteller as well you know, that you told as a former player. I believe Tom Finan's daughter uh, had four teeth
3: pulled. Absolutely, she and, was. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, she wasn't even a starting first baseman. She was a backup. She was a junior and was not starting on a really. We had a really good team, uh, and uh, she was. She had four wisdom teeth pulled on uh, Thursday. We played Friday up in Scranton on uh, and a play It was kind of a playoff game. It was a big game. But she wasn't going to play either way. She came in her uniform with her face packed in ice. Her father brought her up. She sat on the bench. And that's got nothing to do with sports. Has nothing to do. It's just her commitment, her dedication to the team. Type of kid she was. I mean, she was a great kid to start with. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was amazed. That's one of the stories. We've had kids who play with injuries and don't tell you. I had a girl who played in a state championship with a, with a fractured wrist and didn't tell me. Until the game was over, she fractured it before that.
0: And But, you know, that kid is playing, right? They're in the court. They're on the field. They're, they're going to play. They're Commitment. in the competition. For that kid to go and sit on
3: that bench, yeah. those, you know, that's yeah. impressive. She came to the game, sat on the bench. Fortunately, she played a lot next year, won a big playoff game for us. There you go. I-, I was always impressed by that. George,
0: in talking about that story, you know, you're a leader in so many ways. And that little story showed a lot of about that girl tell me about leadership the name of the show is called education leadership and beyond and you certainly know my role as a principal what do
3: you think is an important component of leadership or components I think the first big the big thing first of all is respect they don't respect you they're not gonna follow you and there's no way you can you can't demand respect you have to earn it through your commitment to what you do with the kids with I'm saying talking about kids Leading other kids, uh, helping other players when they need it, uh, picking them up when they need it, uh, doing the right things all the time, Um, working hard themselves is always a big factor. And that's something that that, – so I think you have to earn the respect of the kids before you can – before they'll follow you. Yeah, yeah. And that's a – you know, it's a tricky
0: time, you know. Sometimes as principal, I think people want me to puff my chest out and drag kids out that are cursing or doing bad things and throw them out of school, but I don't think that's the, that's not my style. That's not the way. I think it's what you're saying here about being committed to
3: the kids and, you know, you, you showed up every day. You always, you know, did so many things to demonstrate. Well, I had a rule in my, I lived by in classroom that if a situation occurred in class, no matter what it was, um... I, never carried, I tried never to carry it over to the hallways or to the, to another place. So if it happened second period and I ran into a kid in a hallway, fourth period, hey, how you doing, it, whatever happened, it's over. It's done, taken care of. I remember you, there was a, another story you told about,
0: again, you saw, you have a great read on people. You could tell people that that girl was upset in the hallway. Teacher was yelling at her. Oh. And you, <laughs> instead of adding
3: to the yelling, you brought the kid in to kind of calm her down, because you yeah. knew that's what she needed. I thought she was going to explode, but uh, fortunately, she made it to my room before she did. And uh, you know, when she came in, I said, uh, "You know, great job. I knew you were I knew you were going to blow, but you didn't." And I I, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And she was good. She was a good kid. George, I know married you married with a couple of kids now.
0: <laughs> I know you have practice today, and I know you got to get moving. Um, did you participate in uh, uh, Coach Roman's bracket challenge? Oh, did I? I? Certainly did.
3: How many are you were allowed to put in? Yeah, I put <laughs> I put in four. Four. <laughs> None of which are going to win. Well, <laughs> we had some right up, we had
0: some upsets Ooh. last night, yes, and uh,
3: some big big
0: ones. Uh, you're supporting your son there, and you've supported him in so many ways. So, <laughs> but I appreciate the support today, Coach, uh, coming out and. Uh, Yo, good luck at practice today. He's
3: glad to be here. Yeah,
0: I hope I stay warm out there. <laughs> George, thanks so much. That was George Roman, everyone, uh, legendary teacher and coach. Let's hear it for him. Great job, George. We are gonna uh, uh, cue up our next song, uh, "Born to Run." Bruce Springsteen uh, has meant a lot in listening and in the lyrics and songs and. Uh, Uh, George has a lot of energy our next guest has a lot of energy so we're going to cue up born to run and we'll be right back everyone here on education leadership and beyond I think this is uh, 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 born in the USA not born to run but still a good song we'll be right back everyone on education leadership and beyond everyone to the program this is education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving we are live here at foundry 42 in downtown Port Jervis we're also live on WDLC WYNY and wall radio uh, throughout the Hudson Valley and uh, we are live talking with guests we're talking education leadership and beyond and thrilled to be on the radio this morning this is a different aspect, being live. Uh, every day my job as principal is live, and when I referee basketball games, it's live. This is my first experience doing live radio, so it is uh, an interesting dynamic. There are so many friends of the program here today. The Dunn family just walked in. Hi, Nan. Hey. Hank. Uh, the, the Fedorik family is here. The Ricards are here. Good to see everyone. Hips is here. Miss Bransfield from Port Jervis, so many friends in the program. Mary Ridings is here with her family. Donnie Shields is here, so it's a great uh, vibe here. We're going to get to our next guest in a minute. Mayor Kelly Decker is coming up next. Um, we'll be talking with Kelly in just a few minutes. I picked out a few topics from the book that I did want to share uh, talking about today, and, and we're signing books here from the principal, Surviving and Thriving. And uh, one of them, one of the most important ones, it's actually the first tip in the book, treat every kid as if they're your kid. And uh, a lot of my teacher friends are here and a lot of community members listening and whose families attend Port Jervis. And that is a philosophy I've had since the day I walked in that building. And uh, I think it's something that is very important uh, for parents to know that we are uh, caring for their kids into their kids. And. Um, That is a philosophy of mine. So it is the first tip in the book. If you have a copy of the book, uh, it says here, number one, treat every kid as if they're your kid. And right, isn't that one of the golden rules of life, Um, to treat others how you want to be treated? So we're in the business of kids. We're in the business of of inspiring kids and motivating kids. And uh, that is one of our philosophies. Another one, uh, it's tip number 30 in the book that I talk about, is... uh, Learning the kids' names and and what makes them tick. So uh, tip number 30, as a leader in the building, learn the kids' names. I expect our teachers to know their classes' names the second day of school. You get that roster, you better be calling those kids by their name because that that second day, they they shake their head, wow, Mr. Decker already knows my name. I hear Kelly on the radio every morning uh, announcing the birthdays. I bet you Kelly Decker, uh, who's coming up next, could walk down the street and almost know every person's name uh, in in the community. Uh, one of our guests coming up next, Deb Cassara, is here. Deb not only knows everyone's name, she knows their parents' name, she knows where the parent went to school, and the year she taught that parent, and she actually has a couple of grandparents. Is that is that right, Deb? No, she's shaking her head no. That's coming to a theater near you soon. <laughs> So, uh, and in terms of, of, you know, treating every kid as they're your kid and, and knowing things about the families, uh, one of the stories I share uh, in the book here, and it's in tip number 31, learn something about every family. And again, my guests today, George Roman, Kelly Decker, uh, Tom Fagione, um, Deb Cacera, they, they know these families, they're engaged with the families, Um our former superintendent, John Exanthus, he's been on the program. He's listening out in Goshen, New York. One of the things that uh, John did that was so memorable to me, when I lost my father uh, in November of 2008, we did the marathon together down in New York City, and um, we, uh, you know he passed away after that. And uh, I was out for the whole week. school I was down in Staten Island I dealt with that that was a very emotional time and uh, I actually Kelly I actually have my dad's card in my back pocket I carry him with me Um, so I I actually was so wiped out from that experience I I was actually out that Monday also I couldn't come back to school when I came back that Tuesday morning so I was out from school six days Uh, I tried to get to work before Deb that morning and I played my messages and it was John Exanthus from the week before at around 6.30 in the morning. Andrew, this is John, just checking in about how you and your dad did at the marathon. And uh, it, it hit me like a, a punch in the face that, that here's John Exanthus, superintendent of school, starting his week. And it was a phone call to me, as his assistant principal at the time, asking about that event. And he knew how important it was to me. Obviously, he didn't know my dad had passed away. Uh, But I share that uh, story in the book here, page 36. John knew what was important to people. John knew about their families. And John knew that that was such a big event for me. And here he was asking about it because he knew it was a passion of mine. He knew it was important to me. And I'll never forget that. Um, It left uh, an important impression on me. And that's what I try to do at school. That's what I try to ask my teachers to do at school. Can you not have to pay? Um, so the pain? Uh, uh, so, it left an impression on me, and, and my guests today, they've done that in this community. They've done that with our kids, and, and I wanted to share that story. So, on that note, I do wanna welcome in uh, my next guest here, Kelly
4: Decker, Mayor of Port Jerse. Mayor Decker, it's nice to see you. Hey, happy seeing Patty's Day, top of the morning. And you, you're right, it's a little difficult not being in the studio listening to yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Do you want yeah. a headset? You're no, short? no, I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm good. Gonna, I'm going to wing this. Good. Well, hey, you're used to being around people. Have, we have the new Oscar Ween sitting over here, Bud Williamson, the owner of the station. Although he doesn't have the old backpack that Oscar used to wear with the big antenna on the back of it. <laughs> We got a little more technology a little, little more technology. Kelly, it's great to
0: see you and it's great to have you here and uh, again preparing for the show. I wanted people that uh, you know have left an imprint on this community have a connection to the school and uh, you are certainly one of those people you know people have said Andrew, you still in Port Pride you know you are Port Pride Kelly so it's great to see you. Kelly, you've, you've had so many hats on in this community. you've been uh, you are the mayor. You were the D.A.R.E. officer, you're a teacher here. Tell me about wearing those different hats and being in those different
4: roles here in this community. So I think that came from uh, when I was um, when I was growing up here in Port Jervis. You know, as we sit here on Front Street, I could tell you that this was part of Levin's Furniture, and I, I think it was just something that was instilled in my brain. My grandfather, I remember, used to pick me up um, and take me uh, for lunch every day, except Wednesday. We would go to literally every different place here. We had JJ Newberries, we had Woolworths, Texas. Lunch, all, all, on Front Street, and uh, and and so um, I think I remember the hustle and bustle when you said you know people's names are right, Deb. I will tell you that if I don't remember somebody's name, I go to, De- I, oh, go Deb to Deb. I go to Deb. knows. I go to Deb, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the 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 thing is is um, growing up in a small town, it's you know it, it's really important that everybody knows everybody. I mean, you can bounce off of each other. You can get information from each other. You can support one another. Um, you know, of course, when you're close, you can argue and you can fight. But you know what? It, it, in the long run, you're, you're a Port Jervian and you're going to you're gonna work together. And sometimes, uh, and, and we have a huge listening audience right now. I know we're way out in the middle town and beyond. And um, sometimes the people in the other parts of the county don't understand that that, that we actually are like a family here.
0: Yeah that is. and and you're the leader of the family or one of the leaders, kelly. and and that being said, we are on Front Street, and this area right now is going through an awesome transition. You know, what is it that you are hoping for? Uh, you know, the spring is coming soon, that that choppy snow out there, it's gonna be going away soon, we hope. <laughs> you know, what are you hoping for in this area and beyond uh, Kelly, for
4: these streets in Port Jervis? bringing visitors to Port Jervis that say, Wow, what a gem. You know, uh, I've known it. The people who live here have known it for years. It's just something that needs to now be marketed and go out outside of Port Jefferson uh, for us to really be at the cusp of bringing people from all over the world here. And and we have to thank, you know, um, you know, uh, large places like the casino opening and and um, and the commons over in Woodbury because they draw people from all over the world. So you have those draws but now we're gonna be the next step of drawing people. You want to hike, you want to bike, you can come here. We're, uh, we're at the final stages of the permitting for the water Park. Um, our downtown is under revitalization. there' are small shops. People don't go to the big stores anymore and the reason they're not going to those big stores anymore is because Amazon's alive you know. So so you're looking for that niche of, of stores and and venues within the city of Port Jervis that you can go to that you can't get on the internet. And Kelly I remember telling stories today
0: The day I started uh, in Port Jervis, I I said, you know what, let me, it was in 05, I said, let me walk the strip, I went and ate at the Erie, and then I walked here, and like, I couldn't even buy a newspaper, because like, there was so many empty shops, and now, today, it's so different, and you could feel the difference uh, in this area. You talk about niche. We're in this Foundry
4: Forty Two. Right. What a cool place. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And Cooper, I guess, is going to be on later on. But you know, he's committed himself to Port Jervis, and, and he's not the only one. We have Michelle Darnay is going to be coming in. Maria Mann, you know, from the city, she she's uh, committed to Port Jervis. You know, uh, the McKeebies who are from the other side of the river have committed themselves to Port Jervis. You know, so uh, John from Brother Bruno's has committed uh, to Port Jervis. So, you know, these, these people have really come here. Jim and Dan uh, who are who are reconditioning a building have come from other places and are committing to the city. And Kelly, in talking about that commitment to the city, doing things for the city,
0: you know, one of the things I admire about you is is being positive. Sometimes it's and again George Roman talked about the culture of the the world and society right now that just seems to be so negative, right? People coming at you. Kelly Decker's not perfect, but you're the mayor, you know, you're the man in the arena. How do you how do you deflect that negativity and remain positive? Here you on Saturday morning, you know I'm sure you had to deal with some stuff last
4: night and this week and the so weather. And there you're always so positive. There there is times, but you know what the bottom line is is this: where does negativity get you? It doesn't get you anywhere. It gets you angrier. Uh, you you start to dislike people. I, I mean because I've seen it in all the in the jobs that I've had, whether I've been overseas in the military, I've seen the negativity, but I've seen the positive too. And and uh, in the police. Department. What do you see mostly? You mostly see negativity. And and I always thought about it as you know what, it's we're here for a short time. Why not make it the best time we can? I, I um I had a good friend of mine whose father passed away at 40 years old, and the guy had a you know, he, he had a fun loving heart. His tombstone, which is in Milford, says, We're not here for a long time, we're here for a good time. Yeah, I like that. A, so so I said I you know like that, that. and that's the kind of attitude that you really need to you know, do I get frustrated at times absolutely do I do I get upset absolutely but you know what you have to bounce on wake up in the morning it's a new day and we may get better
0: hey, Kelly you're you're also very talented on social media and navigating electronics and that stuff you know certainly the avenue of social media to spew negativity is there how much do you respond to that or try to to answer some things that are, are not true on social
4: media, so uh, instead of getting into a dispute in the the visual world that everybody sees, a lot of times what I'll do is if somebody writes something that is wrong, or or might, I can help correct. I will private message them. Okay. So a lot of people will say, "Well, there was no answer to this," and I'll get people to come up to me and say, "Well, how come you didn't answer this?" Well, I did answer it, but I answered it in a private message because it's it's easier to try to explain to the person, and then sometimes I'll even make the phone call or go visit them and say, "Hey, here here's why we did this this way."
0: And there's that personal touch uh, that you you are uh, talking about. And, you know, Kelly, that's an aspect of leadership again that I, I watch you and see how you navigate these tricky waters. You know, so there's an aspect of leadership that you're addressing that negativity, but not going back and forth in the social forum, but privately. So, Kelly, what, what are some other important components of leadership that you try to display and model in your role
4: as, as mayor? Well, I, I mean, it's not just as mayor, it's also as a school teacher, it's as the former DARE officer, and, uh, you know, I. I, the face I of truly Service. believe exactly what you said. By the second day, we should know our children's names in our classrooms. We should know something about them. First thing, first thing every day, the first day that I have class for the last six years, what's your name? How will I know you, or who are you related to? Now, mind you, I already know that because I looked it up on
5: school tools.
4: (laughs) And tell me something about you. Tell me something that you like. Something that you enjoy. You know. And this way, we get to know each other. And the first first day of school, I tell the kids because I teach um, American history up to 1865. The first thing I tell them is, I said, by January, I'll have you up at my. I have like a little podium. I said, I'll have you at my podium singing to the class, and they're like, No, no, not me. Ask any of my kids that we have now. You know, I get about 90% of them, if not a little bit more. They're up singing the preamble to the Constitution, and we all grew up with Schoolhouse Rock, you know. We the people in order to... And I'll sing right along with them, so so we have a good time. I love it. Kelly,
0: getting to know you has been great. I've also had a chance to certainly meet your wife, uh, Mrs. Decker, the head of the household. But uh, I've had the privilege of teaching your boys, James, Mackenzie, Connor, and Jack. And I've had some conversations with your boys about, you know, I know it's got to be tough to be Kelly Decker's son in this town because everyone is looking at them and expecting them to be perfect. Um, I had a chance to meet Dean Smith's son down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Scott Smith, he's a fellow official. And we spoke about that, the pressure of being Dean's son's, uh, son, uh, Dean Smith's son in, in Chapel Hill. How, how did you talk with your boys and you know, prepare them for unfair expectations. In this community, as
4: as Kelly Decker's son, so so it's interesting because I'm Ross Decker's son. That's right. All right. So uh, my dad was my dad knew everybody. My dad was the utmost gentleman, and um, and one of those things is this. You know, uh, there's not a person that I run into, especially obviously uh, older generation, that I run into talk about. They'll they'll talk ten minutes about my father. How my father would come out of his office and he would walk the halls of the hospital and and talk to you know talk to the employees whether whether it was somebody that was just you know sweeping the floors or if it was somebody that was an administrator of the hospital um my father uh prior to that he did all the hiring and firing for ford at mawa hopefully so, more more hiring. so all, yeah so <laughs> all the all the people that came from this area that you ever hear of that retired from ford were hired by my father yeah. so so i mean so i had to live in the shoes of my father so as my kids were growing up i said to them i said listen i said you're in a different picture than most people. I said you're going to have friends that are going to make comments about, you know, us and, you know, and, you know, showmanship and things like that. And I said, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I said it's something that you just have to realize that we live in a small town. Everybody knows everybody else's business. That we're a family, and that we support one another, but that your your true friends will support you. And I have to say that all of my boys have good true friends, and that and that they they really understand that you know they're here. Their purpose on on this earth is a short time, and it's to make things as best as they can make it.
0: And you got your youngest; he's graduating this year, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Kelly, we got to get going here on the show. Thank I you, really sir. appreciate the time. Great to see you, as Anytime. always. Thank and you. Uh, we'll be out here and uh, celebrating the spring on Front Street. Yes, yes. All Best right. of luck. Thanks. That's Kelly Decker, everyone, Mayor of Port Jervis. Yes, yeah, thank you, everyone. You did a good job. Kelly and I could talk for five hours. <laughs> so we are going to uh, jump back to another tune. It's an old-school tune about being, uh, you know, kind of remembering when you're young. It's a, one of my favorite songs. Meanwhile, Back at Mom is by Tim McGraw. Bud, we got that queued up and ready? Here we go. Meanwhile, back at Mama's. We'll be right back, everyone. Education, leadership, and beyond. Surviving and thriving with our guest, Deb Casera, coming up next. Aiden, you want to say hello before we go? Bell? No? Hey, Miss Fedora. All right. Bud, we ready? Waiting on Kevin. We can keep going if we have to adjust. You know what? We can...
6: Running round in this new truck, bank lets them borrow from month to month. Running out of credit, find a little cash on the radio. Standing still, they're blowing past. Numbers on cars going NASCAR fast. What I wouldn't give for a slowdown, don't you know? Cause where I come from, only the horses run when the day is done. Meanwhile, back at Mama's, the porch lights on, come on in if you want them. Suppers on the stove and beers in the fridge, red sun sinking out low on the ridge. Gangs on the tube and daddy smokes cigarettes, where he keeps his whistle and funny the things you thought you'd never miss in the world. Southern breeze here, one of these days, gonna pack it up and leave here. Cause meanwhile back at Mama's, the porch lights on, come on in if you want to Slippers on the stove, beers in the fridge, red sun sinking out on the bridge. Games on the tube and daddy smokes cigarettes, whiskey keeps his whisper with funny the things you thought you knew.
0: This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Morata, host of the show, and we're having a great time down here at Foundry. There's a lot of friends here, a lot of coffee, a lot of those muffins, whatever you're baking there, Kate, they uh, they smell great. Uh, So I'm getting hungry here, but uh, uh, live on the radio. This is my first time doing a live show. I'm live every day as principal, but uh, this is my first time being live on the radio. So it is a cool uh, experience. So, again, we're, we're talking to some guests. Coming up in a few minutes uh, is longtime legendary teacher, math teacher in this community, Deb Cacera. Um But the concept I wanted to talk about uh, next is you know, investing in the community that you're in. As a leader, uh, I am someone that was new to Port Jervis in 05 when I got here. Um, but I did want to invest in this community. I live in the neighboring community, Milford. I know we're live on the air, in Milford uh, over there as well. Um, But, man, it's been great to to be here in Port Jervis, and uh, uh, the people on the radio today are people that have helped me get to know the community. They've embraced me here as their principal, and um, Deb was certainly one of those people, Mayor Decker, George Roman, the people that have been on. Um, But I always thought it was important to do that, to get to know those community people. Mayor Decker talked about, uh, you know, a small town. I'm fortunate to have the mayor's phone number, the chief of police phone number, uh, the, the, the leaders in this community's uh, phone number right on my phone that I could be in touch with them. Uh, when we had these incidents that were going on regarding school violence and things uh, that happened, I was able to communicate with those people immediately text them and talk to them immediately. I didn't have to go through a secretary or a voicemail because we are connected and, and uh, uh, had that relationship. Another thing, it's tip number 39 in, in the book, is the importance of going to community events. We're here at a, at a community event today, and there's so many friends of the program here. That's something that my next guest always does, is always at the events, but dances tonight uh excited it's St. Patrick's Day I get to go to the the junior semi formal that's a, a, a community event but uh th- things that are happening in the community one of the the, the great stories that I, I had an experience uh, I went to an Eagle Scout ceremony I think Deb was there and uh, uh I felt like I was at my family's event and and really uh just was able to connect not only with that student but his family so that's a component of leadership that I think is important uh, to to go to community events and invest in the community. Also, number forty-seven is about making your area beautiful. I remember uh, one of the things when I arrived in Port Jervis, the smell of the smoke when I walked in the building it was like, "What the what? What is this?" And and that was something with the help of a lot of people that we were able to change quickly. And now one of our slogans in Port Jervis is proud to be smoke-free. And uh, tip number 47 is make your grounds beautiful. And that's something that we've stressed at Port Jervis and tried to do at Port Jervis. And uh, that's what they're doing down here on Front Street in this community uh, is making this area beautiful. There's going to be a beautiful fountain, and uh, uh, it's going to be wide open here. They they took that little side street out that caused that little uh, merge there. Um, so that's happening in this community, and I think that's an important component of leadership. Hi, Skinnells. another friend of the program walking in. Is that Mr. Skinell? Hey, Mr. Skinell, good to see you. We're live on the radio. Hi. Hi, girls. Um, so uh, that's an important component of leadership, I feel, is to make sure your area is beautiful, and, uh, um, you know, the broken window theory is something that I believe in also, taking care of those little things, uh, and I think that's uh, uh, important. So speaking of making your community uh, beautiful and uh, investing in the community, I do want to welcome in my next guest, legendary math teacher, Miss Deb Kassara. Good morning, Deb.
7: Good morning, Andrew.
0: Good to see you.
7: Great to see you, and you're in my normal uh, Saturday morning spot. I'm here most Saturdays, as you know, having coffee, so I'm thrilled that you're here doing this today.
0: And uh, it's exciting, Deb, to have you on. I know uh, we normally don't talk on Friday nights. We talk a lot during the week, but we don't normally talk on Friday nights. We did communicate a little bit last night. Your beloved Bucknell Bison were playing uh, the, the, the big giant there, Michigan State. What would you think of the game?
7: I thought they played a great first half. I was pretty disappointed in the second half. I think they really could have won that game and uh, I think they fell apart a little bit became almost like a football game for a while and uh, did get calmed down. but by then I think they they were sort of out of the out of the mix, although they did come back to finish within four points.
0: Five threes, uh, five threes in the last minute. Uh, got them right back in the game. Yes, absolutely. But you know what, Deb? That Bucknell—I uh, mean, not only a beautiful school, a high academic school—that team really displayed a lot of character last night.
7: Oh, without a doubt. And again, the uh, the Patriot League Player of the Year, as they mentioned sometime during the broadcast, is a uh, biomedical engineering major who's working on a fuel-injected syringe. So, I mean, wow. these people are
0: truly students. Wow,
7: They are they are amongst the highest caliber academically as well as athletically.
0: Like you wrote last night, Brains versus Brawn. But the game got very physical. game was very physical for a while. Coach yes, Izzo absolutely. compared it to a league game against Purdue, is it what he said. It was a tough game yeah. for a while. Yeah. Well, Deb, you know, joking around, kind of college basketball is one of your passions. You followed that. Your cousin uh, is involved. But... Your true passion is really teaching math, and and you know we're gonna get talk about this community in in a second. But where did that where did that love for math come from, Deb?
7: Um, I loved math from the time I was a kid because it was right. There's always a right answer. Um, As the world around me revolved and argued about everything, as we still see the world around us argues about everything, uh, you could sit down with a math problem, and you could work at that math problem, and there was an end. And that end was either a right answer or a wrong answer. If it was a wrong answer, you went back and worked at it again until you got to the right answer. There was no question about opinions. It was something that, that beautifully codified the world and that you could work until... You were right you
0: were right That's... I could always be
7: right in math <laughs> i couldn't always be right in some other arguments, but I could always be right in math
0: and when did, what age did you realize that that was it was it really early?
7: I loved math from the time I was really probably in the high school absolutely okay. I had uh, I had some great math teachers. I had Mrs. Hoppy in the middle school. she came in uh, saved the day for us in, in eighth grade. I had uh, Mrs. Wood who um, was at the time probably one of the toughest algebra teachers known in the world. Um, I had a man by the name of Mr. Warren for 11th and 12th grade. Ace was just a a very, very sharp man who really instilled that that love of math. I had Mr. Hubbard, he was my um, eighth grade math teacher. Bud's over here nodding. Bud is actually a member of the last class I did not teach in Port Jervis. Bud is a class of 80 (laughs) graduate and my first graduating class is the class of 81.
0: Deb, so would you you say more than your mom, your father, or your brother, that motivated you? Was it more the teachers that that brought that out in you?
7: I think it was. Um, I really did not leave thinking I was going to be a math teacher. I went to college thinking I was going to law school. That was my plan. Um, And I just did math because I liked it. There were no prerequisites to go to law school. You had to be able to read, write, and think. And I figured that math was doing a pretty good job of, of training me to think.
0: And but that that in line kind of going to law schools is kind of connected to math about trying to get to the. Correct or right answer right reasoning your way to the right. Answer. Yeah, absolutely And you and I have had a lot of those back and forth because we might look at it differently But we both pretty much want Correct. a similar answer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting Deb another you know, we're gonna talk about some of your passions uh, But one of the things I've seen you love all of our kids in this community and you, you have a, a love for for young people but there is a, a special niche in your heart those high-level academic kids what, where did that come from and, and what, what what is it about that group that specifically has a special place in your heart?
7: I don't know as though it, it's the only group of kids I mean no it's I, definitely I, not. I other. did
0: teach summer school for about
7: 20 years in this community. Um, I taught algebra for probably 30 of my years. Um, I have a niche for the kids who are accepting of someone else setting expectations for them and agreeing to take on the challenge to work for those expectations. Uh, many, many years ago, long before three years of math was required in high school, when it went from one to two years and no Regents exams were required, I, I taught a class called, we called it Panur 1 and Panur 2. Panur? PNUR, P-I-N-R. Sounds it like was, a wine. It just about was. <laughs> it was PASTE integrated non-Regents math one and two so we took one year of algebra and spread it over two years and we were never going to make these students take the regents and in about february i looked at this class there's a young lady that still lives in town that reminds me of this and said i've had enough of this because this is just slow and boring so here's what we're going to do you're going to come after school two days a week and i'm going to teach you the rest of the year that you're supposed to do next year and you're going to take the regions and they did um and and there are still students around that like still say to me you know you really made us do this and then they transitioned into the geometry regents class last year next year so i think it's students that that know that i will set expectations for them and that are willing to work to meet those expectations and that's my joy you know i got a great text message last night from one of our seniors because she got into her dream school last night and i'm gonna bet i was in the top 10 people that she texted to send the copy of the letter with an, oh my gosh, guess what happened? And, and so that's tremendous. She's worked hard and she
0: deserves it. And that's my reward. You know, Deb, one of the reasons you're on the show, uh, several different reasons, but yes, that your dedication to the students, you know, that girl was wanted to share that letter with you. Um, I heard the story of when Buzz Aldrin went to the moon and he brought his two parents. To the NASA had a viewing area for them, and it was three tickets. They could bring three people to the special viewing area. Brought his parents, and then he brought his high school PE teacher and football coach. And, you know, if we had kids going to the moon, I'm sure there would be a number of them that, that took you or would take you. Deb, passion for this community, passion for math, Bucknell, you know, You love, you have a passion for New York City and specifically Broadway shows, and uh, tell me about that, Deb, and where, how did you cultivate that love? Uh, My dad lived in New York when I was a child, and so
7: we spent a reasonable amount of time there. I actually was born in the Bronx, um, and I just love the cultural aspect, not just theater, but opera, ballet. I'm always willing to learn to do things and so that's usually what fuels my travel, it fuels me going to a museum, it fuels me doing the senior enrichment component um, at the school because Mm -hmm. there's always something new and exciting to do, which is one of the reasons I'm thrilled with this downtown renovation. Um, there are very new ideas coming into Port Jervis, and I think that that's exciting.
0: Um, Deb, different than the aspect here, I joked earlier that you could walk down the street and you'll not, uh, not only know everybody, you'll know their family. Is there something about getting lost in New York City that, that is attractive to you also or not?
7: somewhat um although i do run into an awful lot of people on the streets <laughs> in new york that i know too um uh, it's always amazing but i can be walking down any avenue and all of a sudden i'll hear a miss Casera coming out of the uh out of the crowd i do keep track of our students who have moved into new york i see them once or twice a year i had dinner with anthony Perez, who's at fordham that's right two weeks ago just to keep track of what he's doing and how his studies are going um, I tell them I'll buy dinner and the tickets until they get jobs, and then once they get jobs, they're responsible for dinner.
0: They're going to they're gonna flip that. Oh and, Deb, we have just a couple minutes left. And, and talking about jobs, you know, you've been at your job forever. I, I don't know if it was longer than George Roman, but it's pretty close. It's 38 yeah. years.
7: George was actually my social studies teacher. How about it? Yes, about I was it? one of his very first classes when he was still in the middle school.
0: Okay. So, Deb, I, you know, we know you're going to teach forever. You know, what What do you want your legacy to be uh, in Port Jervis and in this community? What is, what is it that you hope to, for that to be?
7: I just hope that there are young people who think in some way I helped make a difference for them. You know, I often say that when I see my students many years later... I ask them three questions and none of them have to do with where did you go to college. My three questions are, are you making a living at what you're doing? Because I'm hopeful they're successful enough to be happy. Number two is, are you doing a good job about it? And number three is, are you thrilled doing it? And I don't have any stake in what they do or where they are. Um, I just want them to be leading successful lives, either in the work, world, as parents, as spouses, and I'm hopeful that somewhere in the middle of that something I've said to them has helped make that difference and cause that to be able to say yes to those three questions because I tell them as soon as they say no to one
0: of them we're gonna sit down and we're gonna have a talk about what else they should be doing. Probably here at the foundry over some coffee. (laughs) Well Deb, the, the things that you say, the impact, I mean, I know I could probably, off the top of my head, this year alone, think of ten seniors that can say all the debisms. They could they could finish your sentences, and uh, again, that's a tribute to you, Deb. What's What's next? If if you know you've been teaching math forever, some people say you could be a, a New York City um, uh, play critic. What some people say you could be an international travel agent. What, what would, might be next for you that's you know, something you do when, when you retire?
7: No, I really think, I've always said that when I retire, I'm retiring. That when I retire, I will retire, and then I will just go on to continue to enjoy those things that I love. I not, won't necessarily work at any of them, but I will continue to enjoy them.
0: Well, we know you're not going anywhere soon. I'm going to continue to reject your retirement letter, if and whenever that comes. So we are going to uh, say goodbye to Deb. Uh, Deb, I appreciate you coming out. I know this is your joint, and uh, uh, but it was great to see you this morning. Thanks very much, and good luck. All right. We're going to uh, step away here in a second. We are on WDLC in Port Jervis, WYNY Milford, Wall Radio in Middletown, New York, and WPD. H, uh, HD two in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, around the region. So uh, we're live here at the Foundry, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Uh, great crowd here. A lot of friends of the program. We're going to step away for a break. Deb's. Uh, journey around. When she travels, she is on fire. Another one of my uh, songs I love here by Bruce Springsteen, I'm on fire. We'll be right back, everyone. Education, leadership and beyond, surviving and thriving.
8: Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. I can take you home. It's like someone took a knife, baby, a G and dull Cut a six-inch belly through the middle of my skull At night I wake up with the sheets soaking wet And a freight train running through the middle of my head
9: Options make sofa shopping as easy as one, two, three. Choose your style. Choose your fabric. Choose your pillows. All during Furniture Options Custom Sofa Sale. Starting at $6.99 and all made in the USA. Don't settle for the same old boring looks. Creating the perfect look for your home is as easy as one, two, three. During Furniture Options Custom Sofa Sale, everyone can count to three and everyone can count on furniture options. Tri-State Delivery Available, 2596 Route 17M within three miles of Route 17 and 84 in Goshen or at (laughs) fernops.com. If you're a small business, first impressions can make all the difference. With Grasshopper, you get all the features of a professional business phone system on your mobile phone. Choose a business phone number, make calls, and send texts. Stay connected and work from anywhere with features like Wi-Fi calling and our desktop app. Set up your account in minutes with no long-term contracts and 24-7 customer support. Make your small business big. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com radio. That's grasshopper.com slash radio.
2: At Discover, we believe anniversaries should be a time of celebration, not obligation. That's why we think annual fees are ridiculous. And now just for giving us a try, we're going to give new card members a one-year anniversary gift they'll never forget. At the end of your first year, we'll match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar. No caps and no catches, because we know if you try us, you'll like us. And that's worth every penny. Try it and believe it at discover.com slash match. Cashback match offer only for new card members. Limitations apply. My
7: number two does not look like a number two. I don't know what to call it. Is there a number
9: three? Table for four, please. Anything close to the restroom.
5: A middle seat with these stomach problems? That's my fear of flying.
10: Sound like you? If it does, you could be one of the many people with a digestive condition called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI. Even if you don't know what EPI is, you might know the symptoms. Frequent diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain. If you have even just one of these symptoms,
9: you could still have EPI. Because not everybody experiences EPI the same way. Which is why it's so important to open up to your doctor about all your symptoms. And the good news is,
10: EPI is manageable. So don't keep a lid on it. Go to identifyepi.com Complete the symptom checker and use it to have a conversation with your doctor. Don't keep a lid on it. Visit identifyepi.com. Brought to you by Epvi.
9: Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and what better way to start your day than with a free breakfast for your entire office from Wall Radio and the Marlboro Bagel Cafe. Enter to win the Wall Workforce Wake Up at WallRadio.com, and you can win a $30 gift certificate on Friday. Good luck.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Education, Leadership, and Beyond: Surviving and Thriving. We are live in Port Jervis, New York, at the Foundry Forty Two. We got leadership going on. We got coffee going on. We have books going on. Uh, signing copies of the principal: Surviving and Thriving. And uh, we're also live on the radio, WDLC. Uh, Port Jervis, WYNY, Milford, Pennsylvania, Wall Radio in Middletown, and WPDH in Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, excited to be here this morning. I just met Teresa Saul. She's here in Port Jervis. Her daughter, Raina Saul Gaivana, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Teresa Uh, Her daughter was the valedictorian uh, class of 1992 in Port Jervis. She lives in Vienna, Austria, and we wanted to give her a shout-out. And, again, you never know who you're going to meet and who's coming out uh, to the live show. She's a fan of the program, and it was great to meet Teresa. I do want my friend Jean-Marie Shields to say hello um, on the microphone here. Jean, uh, thank you so much uh, for all your help. I know you like to be behind the scenes, but I... I told you to come say hello on the microphone. Good morning, Jean.
11: morning, Ms. Murata. Thanks for having us here today.
0: Thanks for being here with me. Uh, you know, this road uh, with this book and all this has been an exciting journey for me and my family, but I really could not have done any of this without you. She's laughing. <laughs>
11: Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: like you handle everything that I either forgot to do, couldn't do, or didn't know how to do.
11: Well... It's a pleasure, though. It's really a labor of love, well, and uh, I wouldn't do it if I didn't have my heart and soul into it with you.
0: Well, and you've been with me, uh, uh, you know, since we started. I remember calling you and said, hey, I got this idea. Will you help? And you said, I'm in, and you've I, been in, so... Uh,
11: I did. I'm in. Knees deep.
0: I appreciate that, uh, Jean. And Your husband came out today. I know your, your family uh, has helped, and... Your daughter's uh, doing great things in the probation, your son uh, in the military, so I, uh, you're a great uh, woman, a great mom, and uh, you've been a great support to me.
11: Thanks. I'm really proud of my family, and um, you helped along the way uh, to, you know, like, get them on the right path a few times, too. It takes a village, as they say, and you were part of my village.
0: Uh, and You're part of the village here, Gene, and... Uh, uh, again, today, you're helping with the books. This has been a, a, a great thing. So, Gene, I want to talk a little bit, again, more about this community. Um, I'm the principal at the high school, and, uh, you know, Port Jervis is a special place. And, uh, yeah, we're good, Gene. We're good. Uh, you know, a lot of positive things. But one of the things that have negatively impacted uh, not only this community, but all, all over our country is, is drugs and alcohol, Um It's something I've highlighted in the book. Uh, Tip number two, uh, 62 in the book, Uh, you know, we had to be tough on drugs and alcohol uh, in in the building. Uh, I mentioned the story about, to Deb Casera, about, um, you know, when I first got there to Port Jervis, about, um, when I first got to Port Jervis, about the smoke in the building. And it was a quick, uh, thing that I, I knew we had to address right away. So instead of something that that's we weren't talking about, this was something that we brought right to the forefront. We talked to kids about it, uh, about not smoking, and and we searching and, and so we put smoke detectors in. We did not take a, a light stance on that, and it was something that cleaned up our school. Um, we. Uh, uh, it, it, it was important. So as a leader in, in the community, uh, as a leader at the school, this was something that that I thought was very important that we had to clean up. It was the first thing I, I did. Uh, but this community here, uh, affected by drugs and alcohol, um, heroin overdoses, we are, 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 talk about that. The mayor is here. There's a lot of, of prevention things that are happening and awareness nights. So... Um, that is in the book that's something i talk about you know number 63 uh about not hush hushing these things and 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 bringing it to the forefront uh i did have the support of the times herald record uh they put it on the cover of the paper the good things that we were doing in port jervis high school and um you know that slogan proud to be smoke free so it's in the book uh it's an important component of leadership and speaking of leadership We do have Orange County legislator, uh, entrepreneur extraordinaire, radio personality now. He's our next guest. He cares greatly about this community. Uh, Up next here, Tom Fagione. Some people know you as T-Bone, but today we're going with Tom Fagione. Tom, good morning to you. Andrew, good morning. It's great to be here this morning. It's your good morning. Every day is your good morning. You got that right. <laughs> Certainly Monday through Friday.
10: That's right. I talked to you this morning off air, and I said you said, it's your good morning. I said, well, Monday through Friday. <laughs> you know what? Every day is a great morning, and it's good to be here with you. Tom, I appreciate it. You wear,
0: Good morning. You wear, uh, as Mayor Decker does, you wear so many different hats in representing this community, and you recently put on a new hat. You've always had an affinity for the radio and the microphone. Some say I have that as well, Uh, but you really have kicked off something new here. Tell me about
10: making the decision to to host this morning show. Well, Uh, I started off by being on the radio on Tuesday mornings, and I called it Tuesday mornings with Tom, and uh, we had another radio host, and it was just my way of getting out into the community and just talking about things. Of course, there was always going to be a little edge of politics involved with our Tuesday morning show, but more or less, I wanted to just talk about things that were going on in the community that I was a part of. And what I mean by being a part of was activities that were promoting the positive parts of Jervis, Town and Deer Park in Western Orange County, uh, and then the opportunity came where we were looking for a new morning host at the radio station, and uh, Bud and I had a talk. Bud, station owner, and who's here with us running the board? Bud He's here everything. this morning, yeah. And quickly, um, it was. I said, Bud, if you believe in me and have the confidence in me to do what I to do the show, I'll do it. I have no idea how to run a morning show. But I know one thing, I'll give 100%, and I'll put all into it, and we'll see where it goes. And he said, I, I believe in you. And uh, So I took it, we started about three weeks ago, and Bud's staff has been so cooperative and helpful. Gavin Burt, legendary producer. Behind the glass, Gavin <laughs> does so much there you don't even know about, and then boom, it comes out perfect. But we have a great team, Sal, Gavin, uh, Mary, Kevin Halpenny, who's back at the studio right now.
0: Give a shout out to
10: Kevin. Julie, who always keeps things straight and narrow at the shop there. So. It's a it's a small group of people, tight family, just like our community. And I said, well, bud, if you believe in me to do it, let's do it. And so we kicked it off about two and a half weeks ago. And I know it's been uh, it's been exciting for me. And I hope people are tuning in. I'm glad that you do your Saturday morning show. I'm glad you're doing a show live. And I'll tell you, we talked about it this week. Having a live show is so much energy and activity, and to do it in in an area where there's an audience is even more fun because you got the sound of the coffee cups in the background and the people talking, and it's all positive energy, and man, if you don't get fired up for this, then uh, I don't know what to tell you.
0: No, it's really, it is a cool thing, and you know, radio, this, you know, talking, listening to you in the mornings, it's a cool, it's a cool thing, it's a great way to connect with the community, but Tom, let me ask you, you know, again, wearing these different hats, connecting with the community. You became the county legislator, right? Again, no experience uh, in, in politics, and, and you, you ran. and you, you, What does the county legislator do? And
10: Tell me about that aspect of your life. You know, so in 2015, the opportunity came where Dennis Simmons, who was our county legislator, took a position in county government, and his seat opened up. Gary Spears, the town supervisor, is a good friend of mine, a mentor, someone I look up to, he gave me a call. Of all places, I was at the ice hockey rink. He gives me a call. He's like, Tom, I need something from you. I said, all right, I'll call you back. Next thing you know, State Assemblyman Carl Bradbott calls me. He's like, Tom, I need something from you. I'm like, I'll call you back. Long and short, they asked me if I would consider running for county legislature. I said, well, if you guys believe in me, just the same way Bud believes in me to do the show in the mornings, I said, if you believe in me, I'll be glad to do it, but I'm only going to do it one way. I'm going to give 100% effort. I'm going to do my homework. I'll be prepared, and I'll never lose focus on what it is that our county government's all about. Just to give people a background, we have a county executive, so in essence, he is the president, if you will, of Orange County. We have 21 legislators that sit in one legislative body. So in the federal government, we have the Senate and the House of Representatives. In county government, we just have one body, 21 legislators from all over the county. I'm very lucky I represent the entire city of Port Jervis, the entire town of Deer Park, and a portion of Mount Hope. And our county government provides many different services. We have a highway crew that provides roadways and, uh, and uh, uh, signage on the roads and all of that, bridges as well. We have a police force in the sheriff's office run by a great sheriff, Carl Dubois. We also have our district attorney's office was run by our local guy, Dave Hoovler, who is Orange County DA. So our county government is involved in so many aspects of our, of our community. And uh, for me, the opportunity to go and represent Orange, uh, represent Port Jervis and the town of Deer Park in, in county government was something that I said, you know, I can do this. And I ran for election in 15. I won. I ran for re-election just uh, in 17, just last year, ran unopposed, and uh, that really told me that the people in the community believe in what I'm doing. And I, I think about that every day when I'm doing work for the government or I'm at meetings. My responsibility is to make sure that the people in western Orange County are represented in our county seat in Goshen, and also to make sure that our county government is doing its job for its people and i take it very seriously i work hard at every day and uh it's 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 exciting no doubt about it
0: well and i could hear the passion in your in your voice today you know you being behind that mic in the morning certainly adds to you having a, a voice you could get your voice out there and things that are happening in the county
10: well bud the station owner and i talked about it and i said you know i said i have no problem talking politics and this was when we were starting to talk about the show but then when the show started the show was never really about politics. The show has been focused on the people in our community, events that are going on in our community. Sadly, in the last 10 days, some of the show was surrounding uh, the weather mm. and the situations with our schools being closed and emergency operations and whatnot. So for the show to actually work, was I thought it would be more about politics, but very little about politics. It's about our community, and I love it. You love it. Tom, talking about the community, you know, you've always had a
0: special connection to the school. You've really cared about the school and the kids there, you know, you don't have children of your own in the school, but what is it about, you know, the importance of the schools and the respect you've always had for the office of the principal and and things
10: like that? What what is it that, that draws you to the school and the kids? Well, my parents moved us up here when we were little kids from New York City. There's many of us who are in Orange County who were either born in New York City or have a connection to New York City. So I came up here in first grade. And for me, I was a little bit of an outsider those first couple years because, you know, kids in the in the community, born here, raised here. But I never more quick in my life did a community come around us, and quickly we became part of the community. And I'll never forget that. From first grade all the way through 12th grade, I never once didn't feel like I belonged here. And, you know, there are some people in small towns who kind of maybe look to the outsiders a little differently. Not here. You come to Port Jervis, you come to the town of your Park, and if you become part of the community, the community becomes part of you. I knew that since I was a little kid, and I always appreciated that. I was never, um, never forgotten, and nor was I ever ostracized or anything like that. I just felt that I was part of this community. And so in everything that I do, I'm like, you know what, that being, have that feeling of being part of something like that, I want to make sure that young people today in our schools know that, you know what, this is your school and this is your community. You're a part of it. Make it something great.
0: That's fantastic, Tom, and I know we're, we're on air in, in a lot of different communities, Milford, Port Jervis, Middletown, Poughkeepsie area, and uh, talking with Bud today. We hope to come out to those communities and do a, a live show and uh, meet some people in those areas, um, as well as Port Jervis and uh it's it's nice about the small town aspect. Being from Staten Island myself, I've had a similar feeling. You're a small business owner in town, uh, Tom. know, yeah, tell me, uh, you know, for our listening audience, what is your small business, and what are
10: some of your business philosophies in terms of the work that you're doing? Well, I work at the little Army surplus store, Richards Army surplus, right there in Tri-State. It's been there for twenty. 20- 25 years, I think now, and one of the things that we do there is we're an army surplus store. We sell camouflage pants. We sell hiking boots. We sell all types of military stuff, great pea coats, and our business philosophy is very simple. We're a small family business in a small town. Our job is to provide the best products that we can find, and we really look long and far for the best products that we can offer at the best price, and the one thing that we always strive to do is that if you come into our store, you're always going to be greeted with a, hello, how are you? We want you to be friendly. We want you to feel comfortable there, and we want you to know one thing. There's not a single item in our store that we sell that we don't believe in and know that it's a good product. And so our philosophy of making sure that the products that we put out, something you would wear, something you would want to own, something you'd want to keep for yourself, you keep that philosophy in small business. Your customers are going to appreciate that. They're going to see that from you, and they're going to believe in your business, and they're going to come back for more.
0: I love it, Tom. And uh, you uh, have helped the school greatly You're making that Port Jervis logo. Um, you have an affinity for taking pictures, too. You got
10: a lot of passions. Listen, you got to be busy in life. You know what? Yeah, it, it, there's. The, 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 one of the lines that I, I think about oftentimes is, you know, you can always start a new business. You can always make more money. There's one thing in life that you can never get back, and there's the one commodity in life you can never get back, and that's time. Mm. And how you use that time and do it in a positive way when you're using that time, if you can focus on using your time more positively each and every day, hey, you know what? You may not have a great day, but it's going to be better than focusing on being negative and being angry and, and just frustrating and wasting your time away.
0: You know, we played that Bruce Springsteen, I'm on Fire, and you have a fire burning, and I I feel that kind of doing all these different things, too, and just trying to live the best life uh, that that we can. Tom, we do have to step away. Uh, You have been a a, a mentor to me with this radio, and we have your special microphone here today for our guests. Um, But I appreciate the support you've shown uh, for the program. You even got a copy of the
10: principal to the governor of New York State. Well, you know, you have been someone that I've always looked up to since the first time I met you. There was a connection. I said, you know, there's something about this Andrew guy. I don't know what it is, but this is a guy I want to know. This is a guy I want to learn more about. And, uh, you know, as you uh, expanded your horizons in terms of being on the radio and writing this book, I knew that more people needed to know who our principal is in our high school because he's a dynamic guy. And I'm not blowing smoke up your butt here, but when I had an opportunity to meet the governor, The the first thing I said, and I I, I told you, is I said, I'm going to give him a copy of your book. And I gave it to him. I shook his hand, and I said, Governor Cuomo, you get a chance. You need to come to Port Jervis. In fact, if you're listening, Governor, the invitation's still open. We're here. Come to the city of Port Jervis. Meet our principal. More importantly, meet the kids in our high school. You meet those kids, and you'll see what the future looks like for New York State. And it is a good future with those kids. So I gave him that book. I shook his hand. A week later, I got a letter from him signed saying thank you for the book. Now. Obviously, I'm going to talk a little political. He and some of his closest of allies right now are dealing with some problems with the court system. Now more than ever, we need elected officials who stand up and believe in principles and have strong leadership. If they read your book, we could change the political culture in America.
0: We're going to, the next letter is going to be an invitation for a cup of coffee here at the Foundry 42. Tom, we got to run. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Tom Faggione, Orange County legislator and uh, friend of the program. Thanks, Andrew. And, man, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. All right. We are going to go to our next song here. Yeah, there you go. Let's hear it for Tom. Thank you. Um, we're going to uh, go to our next song. Again, friends of the program are here today. Eric Hipsman from the school district is here. Middletown track coach. He's going to get his athletes running soon. He's going to get a haircut, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how I'll always be coming up. Uh, my friend Tim McGraw. We're going to have Tim coming on the show here, too. That would be uh, phenomenal. But let's take a quick break here. Education, leadership, and beyond, surviving and thriving live at the Foundry 42 in Port Jervis, New York. We'll be right back, everyone.
9: It's your chance to call in to win tickets to the Oak Ridge Boys at Middletown's Paramount Theater, Friday, March 3rd at 8 p.m. And a $50 gift certificate to Tony Poffice in Middletown. MiddletownParamount.com for tickets. Listen to Van Ritchie from 6 to 10 to win with Wall Radio.
0: Education, leadership, and beyond, surviving and thriving. We are live on the radio, Foundry 42, and the power of live radio, unbelievable. I got a text here, class of 2015, Troy Truckin was listening on the radio. He's got his beautiful girlfriend here with him today. And uh, Troy popped in, and uh, uh, he is a a member in the Air Force. He's got a cool-looking leather jacket on. Uh, again, Class of 2015, Port Jervis. Troy, uh, thanks for coming out. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Yeah, this was cool. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was always a fan of yours as a student, and now you're in the Air Force. Where are you in the Air Force? What?
8: Uh, I'm stationed in Travis Air Force Base, California. California?
0: California, that's right. And now you're in Port Jervis, New York here? Yes, sir. Unbelievable. And you are you on a break? What are you doing? Uh,
8: I took some leave. Uh, I wanted to come back Port Jervis, see everybody. See the town, meet all my friends. and You look uh, great, man. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember you like the last uh, senior day, you were horsing around in the courtyard. I
8: know. They're, they're keeping me in shape out <laughs> there, so <laughs> gained a couple pounds.
0: Well, I appreciate Let me buy you and your girlfriend a coffee uh, and and be safe and, and thank you for your service to our country.
8: Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me on the show.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Good to see you, Troy. Grab a coffee. My treat. All right. We're here at the Foundry 42 and, again, the power of live radio. Uh, Troy Chucklin, Class of 2015, uh, popping in and uh, man, that's great. So we are also on WDLC, WYNY and Wall Radio. We're in the community of Milford, Pennsylvania, Port Jervis, New York, Middletown, Poughkeepsie, uh, Stroudsburg area and beyond. So this is uh, this is great. And again, I, I live my life as principal live uh, every day as a referee. It's it's live. And uh, on the radio, it's live. It's fun. So, another concept I did want to touch on uh, with the book I-, I wrote about in the book, you know, it's called The Five SWs. You know, nobody's perfect the first time out doing something. Sure, we have a good time. Uh, you know, maybe you get it right the first time, but life is tricky. Life is hard, it can be challenging. And, uh, uh, you know what? One of the things, talking to these community members, and, and we're going to have a pop-in guest here, uh, Middletown track coach and Port Jervis guidance counselor, uh, Eric Hipsman, is going to be coming up next. But one of the things, you know, stick to itness, right? Staying the course. You know, I look at so many successful people in their life, and, and you look at that person, you might just say, man, look, it was easy for them. They're successful. You know how many times that person worked at it and and tried to to get it? And, like, it's unbelievable. Teresa's here cheering us on. This is great. Um, But, you know, watching the Olympics, Scott Hamilton, the ice skater, right? I'm not a big ice skater. But there was an article in the New York Times. He fell in his career 4,700 times is what, uh, uh, you know, we read about. And, you know, he recently got demoted off the uh, NBC top crew and you know what you stick with it he's also had brain cancer uh, uh you know and uh, and he's still going through it so one of the things i've learned in writing this book and, and staying as a principal and um you know you have to stick with it so something that's helped me is called the five sws and it's in the book the Principle, you know about staying the course having some grit so jot these down if you're listening live if you're home you have a pen it's called the 5SWs and it's the first one is sometimes it will work out whatever you're doing you want to be prepared you want to work hard on it and it will work out you know this idea of the foundry 42 this coffee shop it's working out you know sometimes it won't that's the second SW sometimes it won't work out and you might have to change course you might have to you know change your mind with something so what is the third one you know there's so much in today's day and age about social media and and, uh, people criticizing you know what you do wrong so what keep doing what you're doing stick with it someone's waiting that's the fourth and fifth someone's waiting and stick with it so again the five SWs that's a concept Uh, I've learned kind of doing this book and and the leadership things I've learned over the past couple of years. Sometimes it will work out. Sometimes it won't. So what? Stick with it. Someone's waiting jot those down and speaking of someone waiting he's here next to me he was in uh, the coffee shop he came out to uh, to support uh, me today and the, the principal surviving and thriving uh, he is a guidance counselor here in port jervis he is uh, the middletown track and field coach he is eric hipsman eric thanks for coming out this morning no problem thanks for having me on it's, uh, it's great to see you. I know you're going next door to get uh, groomed up here. I'm going to be looking for you on Monday morning. That's uh, right. Yeah. So, Eric, uh, um, it's nice to see you this morning. And you are uh, talking about passions. You have a great passion for your experience in Middletown, New York, and uh, coaching those kids out there. Tell me about what's going on with your, your track
12: team over there. Yeah, you know, we started about 14 years ago. Was, uh, my father and I started uh, coaching the team, and it was nice to be able to coach with my father, as you know, uh, and uh, many stories about your father and things that you've done. And, uh, you know, we've built the program up. We got, I was just telling somebody, we have 215 kids on the team this year, and uh, that presents some challenges, but still, still just as fun as 14 years ago. And uh, you are going to, you didn't coach winter, you're going to spring now? I, I did coach winter. You did, yep. okay. Yep, we just finished up with nationals last weekend, um, and indoor start, or outdoor started last week, um, so we're two weeks into outdoor. Okay. Yep. And Eric,
0: did you participate in track and field yourself? I know you were a big-time hoops player yeah. uh, and football yeah.
12: player, but were you a track guy yourself? I was. My father's been coaching track since 1974. He coached in Port for a little while, and uh, it's just kind of a sport I got into at a younger age. And uh, we didn't have indoors, so we just did uh, outdoor here in Port um, with my father coaching. Um, I don't know how big of a basketball player I was, but... uh, I did play football here, also. Oh, I know you. I know I know your friend Patty McCarthy,
0: eleventh uh, all-time leading scorer Orange County. But I heard you were, you know, strong <laughs> under the boards, and uh, you. Know. I, I, I was allowed to use my fouls. That's <laughs> what uh, Ronzo told me. Use your fouls, <laughs> Eric. We had uh, legendary coach on this morning, George Rollman, yeah. who's been motivating kids for forty plus years. You do a fantastic job in Port Jervis motivating our kids, certainly the kids that might go off the track a little bit. Tell me, in your opinion, what, what does sports do uh, for our kids, and not only in this community, Middletown, New York? What, what does being on that track team do for those kids?
12: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that sports, uh, you know, teaches discipline. It teaches um, structure. and It gives them a reason to be in school, do good with grades. Um, you know, we preach a lot with our uh, track program, um, You know, the grades part of it, character development, those types of things that normally they wouldn't get. Um, so that's a big thing for us, and our kids kind of buy into it. They need that. Um, a lot of these kids don't have a family structure and that's going to teach it, and so, uh, you know, they look for it with our track program. Eric, you're teaching technique and, and competition,
0: and, but it seems to be more about, as you said, the character of the kid and what you're trying to
12: teach them versus the wins and losses. Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer also of if you teach character, um, the wins will come, and that's the most important thing. You can teach technique and things like that, but if the kid's not going to want to go out there and stick with it, um, stay the course, things you were just talking about, um, the 5SWs, um, it doesn't matter how talented they are, if they're going to crumble under pressure or um, things like that, it's not going to work out. So you teach character, you get some kids to do some pretty amazing things. And
0: it's no no surprise to see what you're doing with your life as a guidance counselor because you are somebody that has, you know, George Roman talked about the commitment to the kids and the dedication you show commitment to kids. Sometimes where they wear out their welcome with some of the adults yeah. because of the amount of times that kid doesn't work, you know, doesn't do what they're supposed to, but you you stay on them. Uh, yeah. That is something that I admire about you. How do you not take the failings of the kids personally to kind of like, oh, this kid's, you know, yeah. how do you? How
12: does it not get to you? You know what? It, I've, I've found out over the course of the last 14 years, these these kids have never been, a lot of them have never been taught. And I say how to be a human being, uh, you know, eye contact, shake your hands, things like that. They've never been taught that. So how am I going to get mad at somebody for not doing something they've never been taught? Um, so, I, you know, that's kind of what I've been. And, and, and the other thing is, is, throughout their whole lives people just give up on them once they get stuff you know once the kid says no or doesn't do what you want them to do a few times um they give up and the kids know that so they're going to push you until you give up and if you can kind of break through that barrier where they're like oh he's not going to give up on me no matter what then you can get them to do some amazing things get them to graduate get them to compete get them to do different things that they didn't think they could do so that's why you know and and you know with that you're going to have some losses you're going to take some some kids that are just not going to get it but Majority of the time they'll get it. And I find with the kids that don't get it right away, you know, five, ten years down the road they shoot you a text message or give you a call and say, Hey, I understand what you were talking about now, you know. So that's kinda of why and I you know, you
0: those kids again that have needed the, that extra guidance and that extra love, you know, you you've got some of them on the doorstep of, of colleges and coaches visits and uh, lining things up for those kids. So that's it's exciting. It is exciting, you know, yeah. We don't get bonuses in this business, <laughs> but if you get some of those kids to compete in college, and we yeah. we know who we're talking about, yeah. that's that would be amazing. Uh, so, absolutely. Eric, you've done a, a lot of uh, work for the community. Um, we've talked about passions with some of our guests today. You have a passion
12: for a certain type of car, uh, <laughs> you and your father again. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so once again, my father's been working on Mustangs. He was born and raised in Port Jervis, and he's been working on cars, and particularly Fords, um, and then Mustangs as he's he's got old, gotten older. And, uh, you know, he was a teacher for 42 years in Middletown, and, uh, you know, he, he had a sm- uh, small part-time business, Mountain View Mustang, and, uh, you know, I kind of grew up working on them with him, and, uh, you know, we continue to do some of those restorations and things like that. And, you know, it's one of those things where I don't necessarily love the, you know, the auto body work and things like that but when you get a product uh when you bring in a car that needs restoration then you see the end product um that is uh satisfying um you know so and you get to spend some time with your father doing something he loves and you know we listen there's many a times we could have a video camera on us, and uh, people love to watch us arguing over some stuff. But could be a, a show, that's right, that's yeah. right. American Mustang, any TV's uh,
0: <laughs> producers listening? That's right. You know, Eric, with my daughter. I know you met my daughter Claire. We just uh, she had to make a puppet and do a book report on, and she had Henry Ford. Okay. And I learned about uh, Henry Ford and his leadership. Yeah. He really cared for his people. Right. Absolutely. Was one of the first business owners paid his guys five dollars a day because he wanted his people to feel satisfied at work. And feel validated you know Um, you know we talk a lot about uh, the things that are happening in Port Jervis that we're working there Um, and I'm celebrating the book here today Eric I know you you looked at it and you bought it and you were you know invested in it was there anything in the book that you really identified with that components of leadership that you said you
12: know what that I like that and that really works for me well it's funny and and I'm not doing this just because you said it but those those five SWs We had a conversation with our. uh, We brought some of our older kids, more advanced track runners, in yesterday to get a lift in, and uh, you know, we had a conversation with them. Like, listen, the workouts that we're going to be doing, you're going to fail in. You know, like that's that's a part of it. If we don't if we don't do workouts where you're going to fail, you're not going to grow as an athlete. Um, So we had a nice long conversation about that. Stay in the course, trust in the process. Um, You will fail, you know, and then eventually it will work out at some point. Um, And it's hard for a high school athlete to kind of realize that and stay the course um but you got to just continue to remind them and eventually they kind of see you know at the end they get their goals and they're like okay that's good you know um and it's tough when the ones that don't get their goals you got to just listen it's all part of it you're not always going to win you're not always going to do that so it's funny you know you said it it was a great segue i kind of smiled when you were talking about it but that was probably the number one thing that you know related to me as a coach and, and as a leader Worked out great, and you you know—you came
0: down here today. The power of a single experience, and here you are on the radio. So, Eric, we do have to get moving. We're approaching uh, the end of the show, uh, but I appreciate you stopping by, and I certainly admire all the great things you're doing for your student-athletes in the community of Middletown as well as uh, here in Port Jervis. So thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, how about a ride in that Mustang when Let's the weather gets it. nice? Anytime. All right. Eric Hipsman, everybody, coming on the program here live at the Foundry 42. I I see uh, Nicholas Ricard over there. Hey, Nick, good morning. Do you want to say hi on the radio? No? Do you want to bring your sister to say hi on the radio? Your dad's doing great things with leadership. Uh, Tom Ricard here, uh, he brought his family out, certainly investing uh, in the community. So uh, we are going to take one more song break. Um, It's one of my favorites, and I talk about it in the book. Uh, It's near the end. You know, being a high school principal uh, can certainly cause some stresses, and uh, it's called the old blue chair. And uh, uh, (laughs) Cooper Boone is just rolling up this morning. His little daughter, I think, was not feeling well this morning, uh, but Cooper made it. He's the owner of the shop here, Foundry 42. Uh, But that concept of the old blue chair, where do you go relax? Where do you kick back? Where do you catch your breath? Kenny Chesney wrote a song about it, and I really identified with it. And uh, one of those spots for me is in my backyard. I have a bench dedicated to my dad, and I I put that picture in the book. And uh, so we're going to play that song. We're going to catch our breath here and uh, wrap this program up here at the Foundry 42. So uh, let's cue that up, Kevin, and uh, we'll be right back, everyone. Education, leadership, and beyond, surviving and thriving, a St. Patrick's Day special. We'll be right back.
8: There's a blue rocking chair Sitting in the sand Weathered by the storms And well old hands It sways back and forth With the help of the winds Seems to always be there Like an old trusted friend I've read a lot of books, wrote a few songs, looked at my life where it's going, where it's gone. I've seen the world through a bus windshield, but nothing compares to the way that I see it, to the way that I see it, to the way that I see it when I sit in that old blue chair. From the chair I've caught A few fish and some rays And I've watched both sail In and out of Cinnamon Bay I let go of a lover That took a piece of my heart Prayed many times for forgiveness And a brand new start Wrote a few songs Looked at my life Where it's going, where it's gone I've seen the world Through a bus shield, But nothing compares To the way that I see it To the way that I see it To the way that I see it When I sit in that old blue chair That chair's my bed one new not when I passed out too much Cruising and dying I woke up to a hundred Mosquito bites I swear Got them all sitting right there In that old blue chair There's a blue rocking chair Sitting in the sand Weathered by the storms and well, old
5: hands.
0: (laughs) Back, everyone, to education, leadership, and beyond surviving and thriving. We're live at Foundry 42 here in Port Jervis, New York. Uh, we've had a number of guests. Yeah, bud, thanks. Thanks for clapping. Everyone else is having coffee, just hanging out, and I uh, appreciate that. Uh, we're also live on uh, WDLC, WYNY, and and Wall Radio in our surrounding communities, Milford, Middletown, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, Pocono area. Um, but it's been a great event. We've had a lot of people stop in, and you never know who's going to come. Uh, Samantha Scanell was here with her mom Jen Scanell, her father Tim, and her family. Her younger sisters here. And Samantha is an 11th grader at Wallkill uh, um, High School in, in New York. Samantha, you also uh, not only an excellent student, you officiate soccer now. Is, it, is that am I getting that right? Yeah, um, Hold on, we got technical difficulties. Samantha, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh.
2: I rep soccer games for like um, Orange County soccer fields. Yeah. And
0: you also play soccer.
2: Uh, yeah, I did for like I did for like twelve years, and I played for JV, and now I'm playing tennis in the fall. For and
0: and, and what made you want to get yelled at by parents from the sideline? What what is it about the officiating that drew you in?
11: I just like seeing, like, interacting with the kids and seeing how they're playing and um, just being out there on the field with them.
0: You don't mind people yelling no. at you?
11: Um, no, not that much. No, but I like it.
0: Your mom and dad are cheering from the sideline, yeah. though. They're not booing. No. All right. There's in it. your mind, uh, uh, Samantha, and I know we just threw you on the mic here, if you know you miss a call in soccer, are you what, what's going through your mind when that happens?
2: I feel like a little frantic and I don't know what to do at first, but I remember that I'm the ref on the field and that whatever and how I officiate the game is how the game will go. So I just try to make the fair and right decision for the field.
0: Like a professional answer. That was incredible, uh, Samantha. So um, for your families here, uh you know i'm throwing you on the mic you know if any of your friends are listening you want to give any shout outs you have any uh, people you want to give a shout out to
5: no no
0: well i appreciate you uh no. jumping in samantha good luck at wallkill all right Thank your mom's you doing a fantastic me. job as, as, as counselor here
5: i'm glad all right nice, you. To meet you. nice to meet you all right
0: thanks for coming on <laughs> that's here for samantha scannell everybody throwing her into the into the mix here um so we are uh, approaching the end of the show the Ricards are, are signing off. Mr. Ricard's got his uh, hands full with his kids. Bye, kids. Bye, beautiful. See you, Mrs. Ricard. Um, we're going to wrap our show up here. And it was very great uh, for Foundry 42 to have us. Uh, and the owner of the Foundry uh, has popped in. He's got his hands full as well with these beautiful young people here. Cooper, who, who are these beautiful
2: people here? These are my children. Yeah? This is Crosby Boone Veter and this is Celia Rose Boone Veter, otherwise known as CeCe. Wow, and Crosby. CeCe's had quite a morning this morning. <laughs> okay.
0: How about a cafe latte for her? Oh, God, that, no. You know? Oh, God, no.
2: Won't that help? If they give a ca- cafe latte, then you're taking them for the rest of the
0: afternoon. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know you're a cool kid when not only do you have, you got knee pa- patches on there. Yeah, yeah, good. You should be afraid of her, Cooper. You're a bu- you're you're a busy uh, businessman today. We're yeah. all busy.
2: Thanks for joining us today. This is really fun. This was cool, it's man.
0: Wild. I mean, you got yeah. a cool you got a cool shop, but uh, you know, this is this is just cool,
2: man. Cooper, tell me what? How did Ivan you I even took a shower for today? It's a special day. You, you, you're smelling good. <laughs> what, how, tell me about the
0: design and the and the you know. People go into coffee shops, they're, sometimes they're very sterile, right? It's very yeah. Starbucks, it's, you know, I don't want to talk bad about any, But
2: this is this is just cool in here, man. What, what, well, it's kind you of like, it? you know, once we had kids, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears> throat> morning throat. Um, once we had kids, um, I was on the road as a musician between here and Nashville, and thank you. And, um, uh, you know, that life ended because of our commitment to our children. And so I needed something to feel engaged in, um, in addition to being at home with my children and you're sitting in it. And it's kind of the trifecta of my mind, which is food, design, home goods, slash home goods, and then um, parties, which are upstairs, events. And, and goods like one of the things, the
0: aspect of this, we got a cool mm-hmm. table here. Like, you do. we made someone,
2: that downstairs, and that's with local wood. And someone could like walk in here and like buy it right now, right? Well, like, they can't. They can order it. They can order it. They're not going to take it from. You under wouldn't the- have a table to sit at yeah. if we did that, yeah. Yeah. I don't Who- have magical elves in the in the basement that can that can make them overnight. Sadly, but you know. Yeah. So we have we we support a lot of local goods, um, and regional. Um, so. Within 50 miles, and then well beyond that, certainly, and also overseas. So we're we're kind of a combination of a lot of different things, which is true to my spirit. I'm not. You can never put me in a uh, in a hole. Definitely. I uh, I I have a short attention span. <laughs> I'm with you. So there's a lot of things going on in here. I'm with yeah. you, but I liked what you said.
0: You, Engaged, you know. We talked with a lot of guests today about their passions and their engagements that that makes them tick, and, and yeah, you can really feel that in here.
2: I think at the, I think, you know, something kind of crystallized in me probably about eight years ago that, you know, I I have to, what I do in my life has to come from a place of love, and that might sound hokey to some people, but it's very true. You know, if you're engaged in something that you love to do. Things just happen. Money doesn't motivate me. It's not. It's not what I think about. I think about what gets me excited to get up in the morning. You know. And you're sitting in that place. I love coming to work here. Yeah. I work my butt off, but I love coming. And you know, I think people feel that in here. My staff love working here for the most part. <laughs> um, You know, but they do, and and there's a lot of, as you well know in your work, there's a lot of mentoring that goes on. We have a lot of young people, many of whom are at your school. Um, And there's a lot of relationship building and conversations that happen in between making coffee for people or selling something, and that's magical. And I think that customers feel that when they walk in, everyone gets greeted, thank you. When they leave like that too, yeah. Even if they don't buy anything here, we're we're very very pleased that they even walked into our business. And I like to think of it as my home. Like you walk in, it's like, hi. You want something to eat? That's the first thing. You want you want a coffee? Forget about it. Yeah, Cooper. But and again, it's more than just coffee.
0: And again, mm. you you said the trifecta in my mind. You got cooking classes going on
2: here. You play the we Mad do. Hatter, we do. book readings. Uh, uh, someone's getting live, married upstairs. Live music. Yeah. We do a lot of private parties, Sweet 16 parties, weddings. Bridesmaids uh, events. We do specialty skincare events here. We do wine tastings, birthdays, reunions, whatever. But these are all. I say it if it's kind and legal, we will do it. But they're all passions of yours, though. Oh, like for you, sure. You oh, you yeah. teach a cooking class. Oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah. Like you're so you, so you know you got a lot of talent. Another in another lifetime, I was a shrink, right? So it was about working with with people's bad memories, right? But this place is about creating new memories, good memories, and that's really fun for me. You know, I love that. So people leave with a really good feeling here. That's my goal. Cooper, I I can't. You're you're more than ten minutes. I need you on the program. You gotta.
0: You gotta. You've been uh, Uh, careful
2: what you wish for. Yeah.
0: You psychology uh, singer, cooking, coffee owner, entrepreneur. Like it goes on. Medler.
2: Yeah. It's cool, man. Well, we thanks know, for coming down. No, I appreciate and you congratulations coming. Congratulations on this project. This was cool. A lot of people talk about things, not everyone manifests them. Well, we that, know, we opened with that. Oh, good. Yeah. See, we opened See? with that. Yeah. See. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, a lot of mental gas people have. You know, yeah. I always call it mental gas. Yeah. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. But putting putting. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Uh, putting your putting your effort into something and seeing something through. I don't care what it is. I think that that's that's a whole other gift, and so congratulations on doing what most people don't. Well, hopefully we sold a lot of coffee this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, it's great. I, I walked a- in. I was like, yeah, I this love is this. cool. I love the buzz. This is happy. Cool. This is happy for me. Please come back.
0: We got to get rolling. Party. We got to get rolling.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Cooper right. Boone, Thanks, everybody. Guys. Thank you so here much. Here on Education, us.
0: Leadership, you. and Beyond, surviving and thriving. We are going to get wrapped up here in the next few minutes. Uh, again, I do want to give a couple shout outs. Again, certainly Cooper Boone and the team here at Foundry 42 were great hosts today. Um, the team at Neversink Media Group, uh, Bud Williamson and his team, uh, fantastic. Uh, team Murata here, G Marie Shields uh, here this morning, uh, helping out. Tom Fadgione helping out. And then uh, certainly my family uh, has been a great, a great help to me with this project. They're at my daughter's OM today. That got rescheduled with the snow. They were scheduled to be here. But, hey, life happened. So uh, I would like to thank all of those people. And certainly the Port Jervis community, uh, the school community. Hi, Cutie. And, uh, um, you know, we got great teachers. We got great kids. And uh, uh, a lot of them were here today and and came out. So uh, this was a hit and uh, a success. Uh, And we're going to end on that note. Uh, it's the last concept in my book, and I talk about successful or significant, and I hope today's show was a success. It feels like it was, um, but really, as a lot of our guests today, you know, we want to be successful. Uh, we want to we get things right. Deb talked about getting the math problems right, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to be a significant impact on kids' lives. And Cooper Boone just mentioned, he doesn't really want to, yeah, you you gotta have money to pay the bills, right? Bud Williamson has to have money to pay the bills, but it's really about making a significant impact in the lives of others, in the communities we live in. And, uh, you know, we're gonna make a couple bucks uh, over time, but are we going to be significant in the lives of others? There's the, the, the feeling and the, or the, the vision of, you know, your 75th birthday party, right? What's that 75th birthday party going to look like? Uh, are people going to be doing keg stands and uh, shots at your 75th birthday party? Probably not. But hopefully people are going to have good things to say about you and the life you lived and, and the impact you've had on them. And uh, that's the goal here. That was the goal this morning. That was the goal in writing the book. And, and I ended the, the book with that, uh, The Principle Surviving and Thriving. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope the live aspect added uh, to it. And uh, it certainly was, was cool down here at Foundry 42. Met a lot of cool people. So we're going to sign off and wrap up. Uh, Bud, we appreciate, again, you, you making this happen. Uh, Kevin Halpenny back in the studio, thank you. Thank you to the community here in Port Jervis, as well as our listening audience, Milford, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Middletown, New York, and um, Poughkeepsie, New York, and the Pocono area, as well as our listeners on iTunes. We're going to sign off. Reach out to the program, folks. If you liked it, send us an email, uh, Andrew at com. Certainly visit uh, uh, Neversick Media Group.com, uh, the website, my website, dot Come on down to Foundry 42. We're selling books, we're making donations to the Port Jervis Scholarship Fund, and uh, we're going to wrap up with that. So, this is Andrew Morada signing off. Education, Leadership, and Beyond surviving and thriving. Next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule. And Pete Connors is our guest. Uh, We're going to wrap up, everyone.